Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into another episode of 3304 Sports Podcast. I'm Colbjorn Bergstrom, joined alongside by Bradley Winterling. And we're going to give you guys a little bit of a recap here today of the Virginia Tech versus West Virginia football tragedy that happened for the home side this past Thursday. Uh, it wasn't really a blowout until the end, uh, only down by a drive up until the fourth quarter, then the fourth quarter. Uh, West Virginia more than doubled its point total in 133-10 in a game that a lot of Virginia Tech fans were expecting to win. They have now lost again, not quite to the shame in all fairness to what happened against Old Dominion, but still the fans have not taken it lightly. Were you at the game, Bradley? How was the atmosphere throughout it? Yes, I was at the game. It was just my second game ever being at uh, Lane Stadium. I was at the Wofford game. Um, and this, the atmosphere was amazing. Uh, you know, Enter Sandman at the beginning, all that was great. For sure. Super, super loud. You know, the crowd was great the whole second half. Um, I had a great time. Obviously, the outcome wasn't great, but, you know, atmosphere, all of that, it was amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, Lane Stadium, of course, is always going to be great. I just know that there's been times, um, particularly last season, towards the end of the Fuente era, where uh, games would become a lot more dull when Virginia Tech was losing because mm-hmm. people would leave and the fans would get quiet and there would just be like it, – it almost be serene. Or not – serene yeah. may not be the right word, but it, it, it would ultimately get really quiet in lane rather than loud. So as long as it was loud the whole time, I wasn't uh, on. I was actually on uh, there. I was actually on beat for the uh, BT women's soccer game, which they won. So I was able to watch BT win Thursday. That's pretty cool. Um, I'll have a story out for that uh, actually today. Um, But with everything in mind, of course, we need to look at the game as a whole. We'll look at what's coming up next for either side. But ultimately for West Virginia, I think the biggest question is what went right, though I think – uh, un- unintentionally, I've had a busy week, so I I, I, I think I missed to get the uh, preview out. But you and I are both saying on the preview that we had reported that uh, Virginia Tech would need to continue to limit the run game. But for West Virginia, if they established it, they'd probably have a good game. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. they established it. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we talked about. We said that if Virginia Tech wants to win this game, they got to stop the run. And West Virginia had a great day running the ball. Uh, CJ CJ Donaldson, who we talked about in the pregame show, like you said, over 100 yards on 23 carries. He had a great game. They just they could not stop the run. I will say, you know, first half Virginia Tech's red the Virginia Tech excuse me red zone defense really stepped up. They were kind of playing bend but don't break, and it just kind of fell apart in the second half a little. Yeah, no, that's that is kind of how it seemed because I was paying attention to the game, of course, as it was going on, and the fact that uh, in the first half they able to hold them to two field goals and a touchdown with how they were playing was pretty good, particularly holding two field goals prior to the one minute drive, and ironically before, uh, you know, right that was like right as the BTNC State game ended, so I mm-hmm. watched that one minute drive that kind of hurt, but um. No, it seemed like they were pretty good in the first half. And, of course, I mean, we can talk about the quarter breakdown as a whole. But as we uh, as we kind of have mentioned now, West Virginia were, of course, successful against uh, Virginia Tech in the run. We're able to get uh, 
200 plus yards in the rush game. I just had him in front of me. I'm going to bring it up again, but uh, it wasn't even Tony Mathis as their number two. It was John. It was uh, Justin Johnson uh, who got 83 yards. Mathis had 38. So they averaged just shy of five yards of carry, 218 yards. That's pretty good for the run game. It's the by far worst that Virginia Tech has done against the run. But I think we can leave it at this, at least in the run game spot. And I think you'd agree with me. C.J. Donaldson is probably one of the most talented freshmen in college football. Yeah, That's, that's the one thing I, I think Virginia Tech fans cannot forget about. Donaldson is a beast. Uh, even though West Virginia has been struggling, he has not. So I, I, I think that it's going to be really hard to stop someone like him uh, as West Virginia is going to have, you know, game against Texas and Baylor and Texas Tech coming, uh, coming up. I think he's going to be able to have a good time in the Big 12. But that's talking about a little bit of the success for West Virginia on the offensive end. But the defensive end, and something that we definitely didn't expect because we highlighted the exact same thing for both offenses, is Virginia Tech's run game did nothing. They had 18 carries for 35 yards, or at least between our top two backs, they had 10 carries for 22 yards. Yeah, 1.9 yards per carry. That is not going to get it done. We talked about how Virginia Tech needed to establish the run, and we were also kind of confident that they were going to be able to do so. Uh, Jalen Holston, four carries for 18. Keyshawn King, six carries for just four yards. They just could not get anything going in the run. I mean, they had a few carries that were maybe, you know, nine yards. Holston had a 15-yard run. Uh, But besides that, every run seemed to be going for one or two yards. Yeah, it really wasn't great. Uh, I heard that the offensive line was not great whatsoever. I heard that there was a lot of running up the middle during that game. There wasn't much kind of going east to west, so it was just more north to south, and that was really hurting the team a lot. Um, But, of course, for West Virginia, that was a huge facet of the game they were able to cut out, and Grant Wills had to throw the ball 35 times, and – when I'm looking at it, that's the same amount that he threw against Wofford, but Wofford was a very comfortable win. And he only he's thrown just about the, that amount of attempts every game, except for one, which is Boston College, through 10 less. Um, but we'll get to the woes for Virginia Tech in a second. Ultimately, to recap for West Virginia, JT Daniels performed really, really well, uh, actually, you know, averaging uh, 66.7% completion rate. 203 yards, about seven yards of uh, a pass and a touchdown. No, uh, no interception, I don't believe. Virginia Tech had a turnover. I could be wrong. Actually, no, they had a turnover, but it was a fumble. Yeah, it was a fumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nothing off of Daniels in particular. So that's a pretty decent game for the passing uh, for the uh, passing attack for West Virginia. Um, and ultimately, for a side that had been doing relatively well offensively, uh, 400 odd yards. It's not a great look for VT's defense, but it's not bad. I heard a lot of good things about the Virginia Tech defense. And of course, a good bit of it came towards the end of the game. So ultimately, though, for West Virginia, uh, before we go into the Virginia Tech side, really, really good result for them. They've now won two games in a row uh, and will then go and take on Texas and Austin. Uh, honestly, a pretty exciting matchup for next weekend. I'm not going to lie. I think that's, that's going to be pretty fun. Um, so that's certainly something to look out for, for anyone that's interested in big 12 ball, but to get on to the other side of the game, the home side, the Virginia tech side, 
Uh, so we are obviously talked about the struggle in the run. I don't think there's much reason to continue to cover that since we went over that basis. How about Grant Wells? Um, how did you think he looked and in particular to just list off his stats? 16.35, so he was just barely over 50% uh, completion rate, uh, just shy of 200 yards, 5.5 yards per attempt, a touchdown and an interception with a 36 QBR. Yeah, so I think Grant Wells had a decent game. He didn't play good. He didn't play bad. Um, you know, you would like to avoid that interception at the end of the game. He did. He missed a couple deep throws early on in the game uh you maybe would want to hit one or two of those uh, you obviously aren't going to hit every deep throw so I don't want to really fault him for that either um I noticed Brett Pry at the post-game press conference said that he thought Grant Wells has been throwing the ball well enough to win games and I agree with that obviously you'd like to see a little bit more efficiency but I don't really think he's the reason that Virginia Tech lost the game I mean, I think there's a multitude of factors, but certainly for someone who maybe had, you know, an unjust amount of expectation from neutrals and uh, the fan base going in, um, it is still a bit disappointing when you see JT Daniels on the other end be able to do really well and in the game where the run doesn't work. But I think a lot of the issue here, and I think we talked about it for, or not we, but I, I think I, I don't remember who I talked about it with. I think it was with Abby Nielsen. Uh, I think she and I talked about it for ODU, but it just seems like, I don't know, I, I think the offensive play calling was probably the issue when it comes down to this game. The fact that you're not able to establish a run attack against West Virginia, um, a side that has struggled defensively throughout the opening of the season. If you even go and look at the Towson game, their leading rusher had seven carries for 38 yards. I think that's pretty good. Uh, for a Towson side, I, I, I don't know. I, I find it very surprising that Virginia Tech can muster more, particularly when they have the talent like King and Holston available to them. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it's really hard as a quarterback to throw the ball when you have no run game. I mean, the defense doesn't really have to worry about it. They don't have to put anyone in the box. If they're stopping the run with, you know, six guys in the box, seven guys in the box, maybe, you know, they can play for the pass, and that makes it really hard for a quarterback. Yeah, so ultimately, it, it's kind of hard when you look at it because Virginia Tech just didn't have a great game, and West Virginia was able to make the most of its drives. Um, when you're looking at it compared, uh, comparatively, it's genuinely the run game that is the difference maker because when you look at the total yards of offense, West Virginia almost has 200 more yards, and that's all coming from the ground. Um Passing game wasn't like drastically different outside of a really bad mistake from Grant Wells in the end. That just was the icing on the cake for the Mountaineers. Um, but then the biggest thing, and I'll, I'll bring up a point that I've been thinking of with this, but penalties haunted Virginia Tech again, just like in the ODU game, 15 penalties for 132 yards, a lot of sloppy mistakes. Definitely, uh, especially on that one touchdown drive that West Virginia had, they stopped them. And then there was a roughing the passer called on Dax Holyfield. And also on the same drive, there's a hands to the face uh, there that helped continue that drive. If maybe even one of those penalties don't happen on that drive, West Virginia doesn't score at all. So that was, you know, pretty frustrating to see. 
and otherwise just you know some false starts there's a messed up snap at one point too a bunch of small penalties that i think can be cleaned up and i think if some of those penalties didn't happen we'd be looking at a much closer game and with that in mind, I, I do want to bring up this point because I've been thinking about this and I don't think I've received an answer. So I did want to bring it up with you. Um, when I looked at it, Virginia Tech, I believe, uh, currently has the most penalties in college football right now with 40. Um, I believe they're pretty high up there in the prior week. But when you look at both of the losses for Virginia Tech, this is the thing that was interesting to me. They had 15 in either loss. They had 15 for what, uh, which gave ODU 106 yards. And then they had 15 against West Virginia that gave them 132. So part of the question I have for you is this. A lot of people have said this, and I agree. I think this team is, you know, it, it's not like they're all playing horribly. It's like they're playing to win. But my question is, is with kind of their shooting themselves in the foot, are they in their own heads? Because when you look at the four games that we played, ODU and West Virginia are the ones with the biggest chips on our shoulder. Boston College and Wofford's just kind of like a shrug. I mean, Boston College beat us last year, but we don't have like a rivalry with them. We, we genuinely have a rivalry with West Virginia, and ODU beat us in Norfolk, what, three years ago prior to the season? So it, are, are these young men just kind of getting in their own heads right now? Yeah, that's a really good point you make about the how, well, first of all, both of their losses, they've had 15 penalties. And also how those two games were against ODU and West Virginia. Like you said, they're two biggest rivals that they've played so far this season. I think you are onto something there. I think maybe they're a little bit too amped up coming into these games. Also, I noticed that like they start out the game pretty clean. And uh, when some type of adversity happens, whether it's like close to halftime in the third quarter, something like that, I feel like something happens and they kind of get away from the fundamentals of the game and they kind of just revert to penalties. And I think they just need to stay focused and, you know, trust the coaching, all that stuff, stay on top of it. Yeah. So with that in mind, I, I do think that's an interesting thing to think about. And I definitely think it's something to keep in mind. Uh, when Virginia Tech takes the trip next weekend to Chapel Hill to play North Carolina. But I do want to uh, bring up these two things before we close. Uh, the first thing of that being, what, what would you want to see out of Virginia Tech in this UNC game? Definitely, I would like to see a run game. I mean, it has not been great. Uh, if, if they could figure out the run game, whether it's blocking, whether it's vision from the running backs, whether it's some of both, you you need to get a running game in order to win football games unless you have like a Heisman quarterback back there. And even then, it would still be hard for the quarterback to have a great game. I just think the running game is the most important thing. Also, obviously, what we just talked about, the penalties, you need to clean that up as well. I think if they can even clean up one of those things, whether you eliminate penalties or get the run game going, I think we could be looking at a much more competitive team. Yeah, definitely cleaning up the penalties would be great. Uh, this is obviously a very, very, um, there's a lot of passion in this matchup as well. And there's a lot of positivity for Virginia Tech currently, because I believe we are five, uh, five wins of six uh, of the last six games against the Tar Heels. 
Uh, and the Tar Heels, of course, have a big game uh, this weekend. Uh, they will be playing Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame getting his first win last weekend, just barely against California. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about that on the uh, – yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that on the football show that's going to be coming up with Abby and I, which she and I are going to be recording today. But I do want to bring up on my end before we give one last thing here. Um, I, I definitely want to see the penalties limited. 100% agree, particularly with the, the opponent that we're up against. Um, and I definitely also agree that we need to diversify the run game. I don't want to see just up the middle, kind of like how last year under the old regime, it would be a lot of jet sweeps. Uh, I want to be able to see a diversity of run types. I want to see jet sweeps. I want to see you know, runs outside the tackle. I want to see runs inside. I want there to be a variety. I want us to mix it up, particularly against a defense that is as bad as North Carolina's. So that's what I really want to see. Not as much, you know, more run, but more unique runs, not having like the same type of thing, three, four plays in a row. Um, but then the other thing that I want to keep in mind, and I think about this, one, because of the struggles. Two, because of my freshman year. Or, and, and two, because of my freshman year. But if Grant Wells struggles in this game, I want to see Devin Farrell come out for Virginia Tech. And the reason I say that, of course, when I'm talking about my freshman year, um, that was the six-overtime game against North Carolina win. And that was the game where uh, – spacing his name currently i don't like them ryan willis uh it was the game where we benched willis and we went more towards uh quincy patterson and hendon hooker and hendon hooker was the guy who won us the game um so obviously there's a little bit of that of like oh maybe we can have some substitution quarterback magic but ultimately as well with kind of where our offensive line is at I think having someone like Grant Wells there is going to struggle a lot more than having someone like Devin Farrell. I think Devin, from what I've heard about Farrell, uh, he he's good on the ground. So I think that it could help the team against a weak defense if they're struggling to change it up and try something and see what can happen. Because this North Carolina defense isn't good. Just look at the games that they played. They allowed 24 to FAMU, who – we're missing like 20 odd players going into Chapel Hill. And then on the last two games on the road, uh, they conceded 61 to App State, a relatively decent team, and they concede 28 to Georgia State. So it's not like this is a great defense. And North Carolina hasn't had a really good defense. I don't even remember the last time they did. So I want to see VT put up points. It's just a function of how they're going to come. If Grant Wells succeeds, of course, it'd be nice. I mean, we're all really excited for Wells. I still think there's a good chance of it, but particularly because he's limited the turnovers. I mean, he's only had one interception in the past three games. That's pretty good. But if we do struggle, and I do want to hear your opinion on this, I would like to see Devin Farrell come out and see what he can do against the weak Tar Heels defense. Yeah, I think that could be something that could, you know, end up working out well with Devin Farrell possibly coming in in a week or two if Grant Wells, uh, you know, not necessarily him, maybe, you know, continue to struggle a little bit along with the rushing offense. And all of that adding just, you know, just adding in a mobile quarterback 
can enhance the rushing offense so much because, you know, it gives the defense another guy that they have to pay attention to mm-hmm. almost, you know, giving – it's almost gives the offense a whole extra player in the run game when you have a mobile quarterback. So, you know, I think that's definitely interesting uh, – a lot of times when backup quarterbacks come in or, you know, a quarterback that's sitting, just sitting behind someone because they're young comes in the game. Uh, like you said, it can provide a spark for the team. And I think it would be interesting to see if that happens. Yeah. Well, with all that in mind, of course, uh, we will have a UNC pregame show uh, next week, but uh, prior to that, that's just a couple of thoughts, you know, just in the spur of the moment, uh, a little bit over a week out. But I'd like to thank you, of course, Bradley, for joining me on another episode here at the 3304 Sports Podcast. An unfortunate result against West Virginia. Virginia Tech will look to bounce back, and uh, Virginia Tech fans will certainly be looking at that UNC and Notre Dame game to see if UNC's uh, quick start to the season and a solid start on offense will start to diminish a little bit against the Irish. But I want to thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the 3304 Sports Podcast. I hope you all have a great day and take care.